3: one of our favorite new features, Late Night Joke-Off, in which uh, a story is so big that all your late-night comics decide to say do a joke about it, and we uh, we run several of them back-to-back
2: and, gotta and grade them and compare them. That's right. and Generally, we praise one as the, uh, the, the winner and we'll call for one to be banned from the business. So let's assemble the hosts in a circle. It's a red light, yellow light, green light type
3: process.
4: For uh, Late Night Joke-Off. <laughs> oh, oh,
2: boy. I get it. Oh.
4: Uh-oh, hold on, we got to coordinate the, the key turns again, and go. It all started this morning
3: when NBC News reported that over the summer, Secretary of State and spokesmodel of Just for Eyebrows, Rex Tillerson, <laughs> openly disparaged Trump by referring to him as a moron after meeting at the Pentagon. Hold on there, Rex. Hold on there, Tillerson. Nobody calls our president
2: a moron except me. <laughs> Last summer, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson called President Trump a moron and then
3: was talked out of resigning by Mike Pence. He called him a moron and then Mike Pence talked him out of resigning, yeah. Pence's exact words were, don't quit, that moron needs you. Also, in that NBC story, this is the best bit, it was reported that Tillerson had called Trump a moron. Yeah, so I guess Tillerson isn't so much Secretary of State as he is Secretary of Stating the Obvious. Mm. Mm. I got a chuckle out of the third one.
2: Nothing. I got nothing out of the first. B plus for the fat foreigner. Conan C minus. He gets to keep his job, but removed from the airwaves, the obnoxious, the unfunny, the smug Stephen Colbert.
4: Not even on the strength of the, the spokesperson for Just for Eyebrows? I thought that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. No?
2: Okay, D. That's funny. I'll give him a D. That's that is That's pretty funny. funny. You're right. Uh, I, th- I swear I heard another uh, of your comics make a, a uh, moron joke as both, well.
4: Both Kimmel and Fallon had ones, too, but uh, I... Oh, I, Fallon's. Yeah, yeah I yeah. heard
2: Fallon's. It was pretty good.
4: Do, do we have any tape of Fallon fawning over Hillary? Oh, my God. It was so terrible. We have Hillary's responses to the questions, but I didn't clip up any of him in, in those.
2: Oh, you, you did, where he was praising her for serving the country your whole life. And you've just, you're in the history books forever. And we just, we thank you for, for serving the people, your well, whole
4: he, career. Wow, He had the female members of his staff write thank you letters to Hillary Clinton. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, God. that's something.
2: Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy.
3: Interesting. Yeah. Uh, We got a bunch of texts. Uh, I don't want to get distracted from our uh, main purpose here.
2: What is our purpose here? Uh,
3: Entertain people.
2: We need a mission statement. We got this text. What's the number for that carpet
3: cleaner again? Does it get out blood asking for a friend? Oh, boy. Oh, Uh, boy. But uh, somebody said, I've traveled uh, all over the world with seven-plus bags of medical gear, and never one time have I raised an eyebrow at any hotel I was ever at. So that whole, how do you get those guns in a hotel? I don't know. I've never had anybody look at me for how many bags I've taken into a room. Sometimes a lot, sometimes not very many. Just nobody ever notices.
2: Boy, that guy's got a lot of suitcases. That's as far as it would go.
3: Yeah. Hannity had a police officer on last night who said his brother misspoke. He just let it slip when he said shooters. It was just, it was a nothing. And that was the end of that. Uh The fourth floor. No. Or sh- was it? No shells on the fourth floor. No ripped screen. No fire alarm. No broken glass. I hate Yes,
2: but there's a grainy video.
3: On Thursday night before the shooting, Scumbag legally purchased a bolt action rifle. Why would he purchase a bolt action rifle before this? That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. That's but he was the a crazy old, person. chick chick. Right. Why, why did he do that? But he was a crazy person. He might have had a, like a, uh, a need to buy guns like he had a need to gamble. Some of us have spent a lot of money on guitars. Like you You can
2: only play one at once. (laughs) Like,
3: yeah, like some woman has a need to buy shoes or something. Maybe he was that way with guns. I don't know. Well,
2: his his soul was empty, obviously. So a bit of a
5: shopaholic. And I'll read this. It's
2: as simple as that.
3: And I'll read one more. You both seem intelligent. Thank you. And have the capability to think for yourselves, although you have
2: to say what your boss slash handlers allow you to say. Well maybe you're not quite as bright as we are because that's silly it's interesting a lot of people think that yeah
3: about everyone on tv and radio that the, your your boss handlers or control what you say ain't nobody tells us what to say never has nope. not once in 20 some years nope we'd quit uh but look into blackwater i'm sure you know about it a u.s conspiracy blah blah blah. so is somebody who oh blackwater keep on rolling our handlers are not trying to downplay a conspiracy. I just haven't seen any evidence that leads me to believe there is one.
2: Could hear uh, Traveling Wilburys handle me with care uh, a little later on to continue our love for uh, the dearly departed Tom Petty. And Nobel laureate Bob Dylan. That's a good point.
3: So this um, piece in the Washington Post has gotten so much attention in the last couple of days in, in the an uh, opinion piece. I used to think gun control was the answer. My research told me otherwise from a woman... Who used to work for 538 and uh, was somewhat crushed herself when she started looking into the data as someone who's not a fan of guns. Spent
2: three months, which she may uh, explain here. We have uh, quite a bit of tape. Why don't we just uh, roll Leah Libresco?
3: Sometimes people who don't like uh, the availability of guns target the wrong thing, Leah.
0: Yes, and I don't like the availability of guns. Um, in my ideal world, there'd be a lot less but i don't see a lot of policies proposed especially by mainstream politicians that would have a real impact on the number of guns or more importantly the number of lives taken by guns i worked at five thirty eight on a big guns project looking at all Uh, 33,000 gun deaths in america every year two-thirds of which are suicides but what tends to happen is we chase the most recent tragedy proposing policies that would make very little difference even to the most recent shooting and much less difference to the many other lives taken by guns each year
3: yeah that's uh, one interesting thing here is the whole bump stock thing is the first time that i can remember that there's ever been anything uh, proposed that would have even had anything to do with the most recent tragedy we're talking about. Regularly, there's talk of banning some bullet or gun or something that had nothing to do with the most recent shooting. It's just an opportunity to further that whole thing, which is weird. We want to hear more from this one. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, let's do number two. It's
0: plausible to me that's good policy, but I'll be honest. I heard of bump stocks two days ago, and it's hard for me to believe that people already know everything they need to know about how prevalent or popular these even are. Um, This is the first mass shooting we've seen that used one. Gun enthusiasts can replicate the effects of a bump uh, of a bump holster by just holding the gun in a very particular way and using their hand to pull the gun forward. So. Again, this feels a little like the way we keep approaching the TSA and airline safety, where the most recent threat becomes all we can talk about. And we miss some of the more effective policy outreach programs like the ceasefire program that tries to identify at risk youths who are involved in gang violence and would really benefit from being identified, mentored and disrupted before they uh, engage in revenge killings.
2: I will say this. Um, her opinions may be right or may not be, but. How it's almost jarring how intelligent a discussion this is, and how it's considered and is looking to facts and research and quiet contemplation. How uh, again, it's almost jarring to hear. Deliberate intelligence applied to a modern political issue. It happens so seldom. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. She's weirding me out. Yeah, I'd li-
3: I got to follow her more often because I- I've always thought that about the TSA thing, too.
4: Here's another
0: saying homicides isn't even a helpful category. Uh, those homicides are very different when you look at gang violence homicides, uh, young men killing each other. When you look at domestic violence homicides, those are kind of the two biggest discrete buckets. And you'd use really different interventions for each. Um, Mass shootings are a much smaller number of homicides, and they're even more frustrating because just like gun deaths are a big, messy category and homicides are a big, messy category, mass shootings don't have very much in common with each other. So it's just extremely hard to find strategies that will target that form of killing and expect them to have an impact.
3: Boy, that's really interesting stuff. Yeah, the statistics around this are... um... Because you have 33,000 gun deaths every year. As, as she pointed out, two thirds of those are suicides. Okay, so that leaves you with 11,000 in a giant country to start discussing, um, you know, the, the, the something that could happen to you aspect of, of gun deaths. And then you get into the, well, how many of those were gang killings? That's different than a variety of other things. Certainly, yeah. It's certainly different than toddler finds dad's gun and shoots his brother. Um, you know, there's a complete leader. And then when you get into the mass shootings, how they're so different, does this guy, does this a-hole in Vegas have anything to do with the a-hole who went into that school and shot those kids? Is there
2: anything you can put together from those two things and learn anything? Well, a lot of people would say what they had in common was that they had access to a firearm.
3: Well, right. But unless you're going to take guns away from the whole country, that's just...
2: Which is an impossibility. Um... Uh, for practical reasons that I hope I don't need to explain to y'all, uh, um, you know, this is a it's a it's a troubling and sickening conclusion to come to. But and she's she's doing a nice job of building a case that there are so many different instances and technologies and, and needs for intervention that if you. Had enough legislation to cover all of them. Number one, you couldn't square it with the Second Amendment. It would just be too too all-encompassing. And, uh, well, you just, I don't think you could do that. And, and the homicidal would find ways around that stuff anyway. Uh, if you're willing to commit multiple homicides, you're willing to violate any law that exists. So Have we seen in some countries where they're driving trucks into crowds and that sort of thing? Right, right. I, you know, I would suggest, as I've suggested many times, something has changed, um, and it is cultural and psychological, not technical. Well, she's going to get to that. She's got uh, a
3: couple of ways, a couple of kinds of gun deaths she thinks we could lower the number of. So we'll hear more from her coming up. It'd be nice. That, boy, somebody needs to put her in a, in, a, in a congressional room and let her uh, moderate the conversation. Mediate the conversation. Get in the middle of it and say, you okay, the what you said is dumb. What you said is dumb over here. Right. You too. Okay, this is why that's dumb. Now let's talk about it. But well, we got a couple more of our opinions coming up. Interesting stuff. Any comment? 415-295-KFTC. That's our text line. 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: I think some the two categories we have have the, the biggest handle on how to address are suicide and young men killing each other. Um, and in neither of those do we have a perfect solution, and neither of them is wholly a law-based solution. But they're often about identifying people at risk using a mix of data um, and outreach programs. But then the work that follows is hard. You can't pass a law banning suicide or against loneliness. Um, there's a lot of sustained outreach. And I'd love to see, I saw Megan McArdle suggest that more gun owners kind of reach out to their friends and say, you know, you know store your gun or store your ammo at my house when you're feeling upset. You know, I'd want to be here to protect you as a fellow gun owner. Um, but I think there just isn't an easy solution to lots of these problems. There's identifying people at risk and then long sustained work to try to reach out to them to protect them.
3: Leah Labresco, who wrote an opinion piece for the Washington Post that's getting tons of attention this week, where she uh she talks about how she's she she has reacted to these horrifying shootings the same way as a lot of people, a lot of her uh well, a lot of her friends who would say we got to do something and then she really put a lot of time and effort into what we should do and came away thinking there's not much we can do.
2: She looked at some of the other countries, too, Britain, Australia, that have much stricter gun laws and and really couldn't get solid evidence that they eliminated mass murder, mass shootings effectively. Uh, you know, I haven't seen that data, but that was her conclusion.
3: Yeah, I'll read the paragraph because it's interesting. I researched the strictly tightened gun laws in Britain and Australia and concluded that they didn't prove much about what America's policy should be. Neither nation experienced drops in mass shootings or other gun related crime that could be attributed to their buybacks and bans.
2: Yeah, I don't you and know. And so and
3: with the uh-huh. with their thirty three thousand gun deaths a year, two thirds of them being suicide, she said there's something we could have an effect on. So she talked about that for a while, as we just heard. Mm-hmm. That's got nothing to do with the dude in Vegas.
2: Right, right. I, that almost feels like changing the subject to me because I think people legitimately could be interested in, well, yeah, I'm. I, that's a great topic, but I want to eliminate people being shot down by lunatics in schools and concerts, please. Let's talk about just that.
3: Well, she's saying there's not much we can do about that. If right. you want to eliminate Gundez, here's the only two areas we could get into. Right. Yeah, I get it. You're wasting your time on that other area based on her research, mm-hmm. which I think she might be right.
4: Well, okay. here's just a, a real quick eight-second thing of kind of addressing her, that 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 point.
0: We need to care about the people who are kind of predictably endangered from guns instead of just the people who are surprisingly endangered by guns.
4: I thought that was a really interesting kind of way to phrase it, where there's the, the predictable danger and then there's this kind of random surprising, well, who knows, nobody had, yeah. there's there no way. You're right.
3: Know. We focus on that a lot, yeah. and that's the so unlikely. Because
4: that's the scariest one. Yeah. Sure.
2: Yeah, I get it. Yeah, um, we have one more clip over. Uh, two more. more. Two more. Okay.
0: I think it's an all right idea of what you're going to do is highlight the biggest impact solutions and not be just purely reactive to the tragedy, which is understandable because the immediate understandable reaction is to look at something like what happened in Las Vegas and you know, especially in America where it keeps happening again and again, and to say we want to say never again to this. You know, you have to be telling me there are options, um, but I think it's just much harder then we're willing to concede to save people's lives when someone is determined to take them. Um, And I think what's really valuable here is to say, you know, our options are always limited. What can we do that will have the biggest impact? And let's be ready to recognize that it may not be a purely legal or a one-time fix. It may be sustained hard work.
2: Hmm. Not sure I followed that. Yeah, I think that's back to our point about suicide and, and gang violence and the rest of it. Uh, we're going to like this one, though.
0: Well, yeah. I think one of the places it has to start is being scrupulously honest about what you push for and being aware when you have blind spots. Because one of the things that was most startling to me is that there's plenty of gun policy where the data are murky. Uh, we've really had a deficit of research in this country on gun deaths because the CDC has been held back from researching them as a public health issue. But beyond that, there's just a pattern of people who are in favor of gun uh, control speaking ignorantly. Uh, the assault weapons yep. ban itself, when assault weapons aren't a real category, which isn't a thing I knew. I used to be in favor of the assault weapons ban until I read more deeply and found out an assault weapon is the basic you know, base of a semi-automatic gun that's had too many features snapped onto it when you purchase it. But once you purchase it, you can add those back on, basically like Lego bricks, and it's fine. And when you say that, gun owners know that you're speaking from ignorance. So I think the most yep. important way of outreach is to speak from experience. And if you don't have that, reach out to people with curiosity and let them instruct you and then return to them with the policies you're interested in.
3: Which is a nice way of saying if you're, uh, if you're ignorant on the subject, stop being that or shut up. Um,
2: you can't ever forget, though, that this is a great wedge issue for both sides. And remember in many many cases not all but many the last thing a politician wants to do is solve a wedge issue. They can get you to contribute and vote based on the idea that Hillary's coming for your guns. And 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 frankly she probably was. Uh they can get you to donate and to vote based on the idea of they're going to stop gun violence. And so there's a lot of political cynicism around this too. Great uh, you know shows of of virtue or enthusiasm, or whatever, for you know, for uh, political gain.
4: Wow, no way. Is this real? Have you snoped this? That's that's from Ian Bremmer tweeted that out.
3: Okay, well, then it's probably true. 2016 presidential election maps voters in households without guns. It's to call it entirely blue would be very close to being right. There's a tiny dot of red in where is that, Ohio? Other than that, it is entirely blue, the country. Hmm. People who uh, voted without guns, and then people who, obviously, the opposite is true. Voters and households with guns, the, the country's entirely red, except for a tiny little speck of blue. Wow. I mean, that's just, that is amazing. So that's a pretty good reason for it to be a wedge issue. I'd it's say. almost 100, it's almost universal that if they have guns... In your house, you vote red, and if you don't, you vote blue. That's amazing.
2: And, and listen, uh, we were talking about the NRA and its influence the other day, and uh, it's it's not about the NRA. I mean, if you want to make them demons or whatever, go ahead. Uh, what, what do I care? But it's about the voters. It's about the people. The people who agree
3: with them. You know, the the gun issue is, I'm a gun owner. I'm glad I'm a gun owner. I think I should be allowed to be a gun owner. But like, what what's, what's the argument for not allowing a machine gun? I, I heard somebody uh, last night say, if you have a machine gun, all you want to do is kill people. That's why I own guns. The three guns I own are to kill people. And people seem astonished by that, some people in the media. To own a gun to kill people. That's the only reason I own a gun. I got nothing else to kill. I don't hunt. I own guns to kill people if I ever end up in a situation where a bad guy is going to try to get into my house and do something to me. That's right. the only reason I have a gun.
2: Right. So don't act like it's shocking that someone would own a gun to kill people.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, that's just, that's odd. Well, that's, and I almost hate to use the term ignorance because I'm in my, uh, let's have some calm uh, discussion mode, which is rare, Um but yeah, that's people who are not gun owners, don't know any gun owners, can't imagine being gun owners and live in, you know, one of your very very blue, uh, you know, places, one of your uh, bubbly blue places. So that's my
3: up with gun rights side of it. Here's the other side. I don't have to read your emails. I'm not going to, so you can get as mad as you want. Gun people Uh, Gun people often make me uncomfortable with being a gun owner, honestly, with some of the comments we get. You get so mad so fast. Yeah. You people are so quick to anger. (laughs) And I have three guns. Right. And plan to keep them. But the current situation my lifestyle, having a gun in my house, the likelihood it's going to do me any good is so incredibly low. Because with little kids, I got it in a safe. The circumstances that's going to occur where I have the ability to go to my safe, get it out, and then do something is so... So unlikely. <clears throat> now, before I had kids, I, had, I kept a loaded three fifty seven within reach. I mean, it was in my house. I could just grab it anytime I wanted to. That could have helped me. You still have to end up with the very rare occurrence of somebody trying to do me
2: harm. I wear but both I could of, of my, my handguns on my hips all <laughs> You walk the around time. with them on your hips. I don't know why you're laughing. <laughs> yeah. I walk well, you around can. with them in my holsters all the time, uh, including uh, during acts of uh, marital uh, fidelity. Turns around. Those stay on. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. You don't have children in your house, so you can do that. But when I didn't have
3: kids, I just had a loaded gun up on the top of the shelf, and uh, there's a couple times where there's a weird noise, night. I just grab the gun, bring it out, walk around. No problem. I got it. But I can't with kids. So now the likelihood of me being able to use it and protect myself is almost zero. I still have them, but it's pretty unlikely I'm going to be able to do anything with it. The difference between me having it and not having it is, well, it's like trying to win the lottery in terms of protecting myself. But I'd rather have them than not happen if I end up in a siege or something like that. <laughs> it's hard to imagine that occurring. You hate to be
2: besieged.
5: <laughs> <laughs> What's coming up in your news, Marsha Phillips? Well, we got the Vegas Shooter's Escape Plan and his drug use coming up. All that's new in vehicle technology is actually helping people drive a lot more dangerously. And could our current billionaire celebrity president be followed by another... Who is gearing up for a run? Coming up minutes from now on the Armstrong and Getty Show. As we head into
3: the you-have-to-be-rich-and-famous-to-run-for-office era of American politics, stay tuned for all that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: i tell you now that I don't understand.
3: Yeah yeah, 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 And so there's a, been a study done. Why are there so many Kevins
2: on TV? <laughs> and the statistics will shock you. <laughs> I, I doubt they will. I think they will. I'm sorry. I hate to undermine you. <laughs> how, how many Kevins are there on TV? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> all, all right. My. Well, I'll be damned.
3: What is it? Uh, 33% of all TV shows contain at least one Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Isn't that amazing?
5: Uh, Let's get the news now. (laughs) Get the news now, Marsha Phillips. Well, new evidence is suggesting a Las Vegas shooter had an escape plan. Clark County Sheriff Joseph Lombardo is saying that there's evidence indicating the shooter planned to escape from police after carrying out the massacre on the Vegas Strip. I
4: believe because of his uh, countermeasures placed in the peephole in the hallway, he observed uh, the security guard, and he was in fear that he was about to be breached. So he was doing everything possible to figure out how he could escape at that point.
5: Part of that escape plan involved those cameras that he had positioned by the door, so that he could look for a possible time when he could get out and go where. That, that I don't know. The sheriff I, is yeah, not my revealing. question about
2: that. Is you've got an unarmed security guard, and right. even if he was armed. I mean, if this guy was desperate to escape. He'd, uh, you know, wait till the guy was not next to the door, open the door, shoot him, and run down the stairs. I yeah, mean, but
3: be, he's not going to get away, get away. There's c- cameras everywhere. There's lots true. of police around at that point. And you might, might
2: get away for a little while. Uh, yeah, yeah, although you could, you know, you shoot the one guy who's on the floor. You run down the stairs right. and say, I think the shooter's up there. Or, and, you know, you, you hmm. run.
5: And it turns out that the Vegas shooter was indeed prescribed an anti-anxiety drug in June. That can lead to aggressive behavior. The Las Vegas Review-Journal is reporting he was prescribed 50 10-milligram Valiums. The shooter bought the drug at a Walgreens store in Reno same day it was prescribed. He was supposed to take one pill a day. Has anybody
3: nailed down whether this is a quack doctor that gives them out to anybody who asks for recreational reasons or if he actually... uh in theory, uh, checked up and needed him.
5: He was was a doctor in uh, Henderson, and the paper uh, called the doctor's office. Of course, the uh, woman who answered the phone would not confirm Mm. or deny that the guy had ever been there. But when we asked
3: about this on Monday, we got a ton of texts from people saying... What these things have in common are antidepressants, and that's that's an angle I'm I'm interested in.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it could be correlation and not causation, but it's absolutely worth looking into because it's pretty well known that side effects of some of these psychoactive drugs right. are suicidal thoughts, uh, decrease in empathy, etc., etc. Right,
5: right, right. It can uh, trigger psychotic experiences, especially if you start combining them with alcohol. So- I've heard
3: I've heard from a number of people in my life who are on various things, whether it's Wellbutrin or whatever, that it just made them flat, just like nothing was great, nothing was bad, just flat. Well, that's what you'd have to be to to pull off the kind of thing that he pulled off.
2: At the same time, it's fairly rare that you have a cheerful, upbeat, and optimistic person decide he's going to kill a bunch of people. So that's the correlation, not causation thing. It makes sense that that sort of person would tend to be on antidepressants, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I'm hoping somebody's looking into this.
5: Distracted driving researchers are saying all that improved in vehicle technology in cars is actually making driving a lot more dangerous, taking driver's hands off the wheel and their eyes off the road. AAA and the University of Utah studied 120 different drivers trying to use technology found in 2017 model cars. Of the 30 vehicles tested, 23 demanded high or very high driver attention to use the tech and distracted some drivers for as long as 40 seconds. And now the AAA is saying one in three adults has this kind of advanced technology in their cars.
3: I find it so relaxing when I get in my wife's truck where I just turn the knob and the radio's
2: on. that's all you do. That's all you have to do. As opposed to 50
3: buttons later, you figure
2: out how to get some noise to come out of the speakers. I tell you what, I'm not going to get into into brands or anything, but my wife's car, that particular model year, yeah, to change from one thing to another was ridiculous. ridiculously cumbersome process that involved looking at a screen while flicking buttons.
3: And I'm surprised this hasn't gotten more attention since since there are laws being passed about looking at your phone. Right, you're not allowed to look at your phone at a stoplight. Right. I got a computer screen in my car that 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 there are 40 screens and buttons you got to go through right. to switch from this to this. Our minivan with the DVD player in the back seat for the kids was ridiculous. On how many buttons you had to press to to move the sound around and that sort of thing. It was crazy.
5: They're also saying that the uh, in navigation systems, a lot of them will take a lot of time for people to program them or enter any questions into them while they're driving. They take their eyes off the road, and they have to uh, enter the information while they're on the road. They say that is extremely dangerous. Pull the hell over. Right. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban thinks maybe he will run for president. He is actively considering running for the job in 2020. Cuban telling CNR or indeed, does anybody know? Well, he backed Hillary in this last election, but he also uh, lets uh, lets people know. So did a hell of a lot of Republicans. Yeah, he also lets people know that he describes himself as an independent. And Cuban was telling CNBC, based on what's happening in the White House, based on what's happening in the country and the world, we need better leadership, and I think I could do a better job. But there's a lot more to it than just thinking you can do a better job, so I'm really not ready to make a total commitment yet. But he is looking at it. Wear a shirt with a collar. (laughs) Yeah. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. Here yeah, I'm starting Getty Show, the Voice of the West.
4: I do enjoy me some Mark Cuban. I find him to be very interesting.
5: Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt.
4: Oh yeah, we should uh, we should discuss
2: Shark Tank at some point. We were talking about that off the air. That's a great show. It's, uh, I don't watch it a lot, but it's great.
3: Any Kevin's on Shark Tank? Oh Lord! Why are there so many Kevin's on television? Are we at risk?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Among other things, we have to talk about. You get a lot of good texts today, a lot of angry
2: texts. When you talk about guns, you get angry texts. Oh, yeah. Everybody's always angry all the time. O.J., banned from Florida. Who can blame Florida? They have enough trouble. He's not allowed in Florida? Well, kind of. Sort of. Pretty I much. Heard that. Yeah, and uh, his uh, lawyer called uh, called the Attorney General of Florida some bad words. Okay. Stay tuned to the Armstrong
3: and Getty
4: Show. But I got a feeling
3: why so many kevin's on tv the answer is somewhat interesting but there are a lot of kevin's on tv all right then have an idea why scumbag chose this particular music festival possibly this is uh, new information kind of
2: scouted out several we've found yeah. out. even booked hotel rooms which is just just crazy and chilling uh florida has found a person too objectionable for florida and that's O.J. Simpson. We'll try to get to that eventually. Wow. And much more. So Cam Newton, he's the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers football team. He's got a million-dollar smile, Joe. Y- yeah, he's, he's said to be a pompous ass by quite a few people. But yeah, nah, I would be, too, if I were him. Yeah, I might be myself. he's um, a really
3: good-looking gazillionaire, fantastic athlete, I'd be as pompous as pompous could be.
2: Wow. Okay, it's a, it's, a, it's a, Uh, Impressive in an odd way That you would admit that So anyway uh, Cam Newton uh, doing the old uh, Stupid stupid football player Press conference thing and the only thing You need to know about what you're about To hear is that he was Chuckling through the entire Question Sean
4: Devin Funchess has seemed to really embrace The physicality of his routes and, and making getting those extra yards. Does that give you a little bit of an enjoyment to see him kind of truck sticking people
1: out there? It's funny to hear a female talk about routes. Like, it's funny.
2: And we're all angry. Is that, is that it? Yes. Is that the whole thing? Do you, Dispress,
3: you're not outrage in. misogynist, <laughs>
4: the patriarchy, etc. I'm not outraged as that's it. I can hear him tap dancing on the glass ceiling right now.
1: Right.
2: Yeah, I know. It's uh, today's fake reversi in sports. Look, yeah, okay. Maybe it's okay to think something and not say it, you know? It's just he didn't know that that, in the parlance of the Armstrong and Getty show, he didn't know that he would have to go to a meeting about that. So, Cam, you can't say to female reporters it's funny that they know anything about football. The hell, dude! Or you can.
3: Uh, you can't in you my world. you
2: shouldn't. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't. Whatever. I know. <laughs> I know. Did, oh, where is that? The uh, uh, the uh, manufactured outrage. I swear. Here's why the NFL's ratings are going down. Because the new national pastime is manufactured outrage. This desperate desire to be angry at something. And I, it, it makes
4: me crazy. My fantasy outrage team is doing very well this year. (laughs)
2: Yeah, isn't that? Yeah, we ought to have fantasy outrage teams. I've got, (laughs) well, obviously Donald Trump would go early. I mean, that'd be that's the Tom Brady of draft choices. Uh, But yeah, okay, fine.
3: So, what was a hole's plan? Well, here's another little wrinkle in it. Uh, uh, So it was right next to the airport, right? If you've ever been to Mandalay Bay, one of the handy things about it is it's a short trip from the airport to are getting your drink on. Or from getting your hangover cured to head back home in shame. Oh, boy. <laughs> but um, uh, so there's these giant, giant tanks full of uh, rocket fuel or uh, jet plane fuel. And he shot at them. He even oh. put a hole, a hole in one of them. Wow. Actually penetrated one with his gun. Wow. And I think maybe he thought he could ignite those things and blow it up, which would be an enormous explosion. I mean, these are huge tanks of jet fuel. Although uh, experts say it'd be really hard to get it to ignite.
4: Yeah, there was a whole...
3: Although of... that might not be true. <laughs> it might be saying that, and it's not true. I have no idea.
4: I saw a Mythbusters episode about the whole action movie, shooting a car's gas tank to make it explode thing. Probably similar mm-hmm. thing. They said it doesn't, doesn't okay. really work out.
3: Well, he shot it anyway. Maybe, yeah. maybe it was an accident, but he did shoot them and and penetrated one of them.
4: Well, as uh, Tim, the lawyer, put it so eloquently
2: uh, the other day, well, he he expressed it, I won't be as eloquent as him, that... You know, any search for answers is just going to be empty. You're not going to be satisfied. It's not going to do you any good. On the other hand, the idea of, uh, okay, I'm a compulsive gambler with an empty soul. Um, uh, of the many choices you have with your money and your time that you'd choose this one. is just, well, you yeah. can never explain
3: it. Yeah. So many people would like to have his kind of money and pictured what a wonderful life, whether it's being philanthropic or just partying. Sure. But that wasn't good enough for him. 33% of television shows feature a Kevin. Why would that be? Kevin was at its most popular in 1965. Oh, as a name to give your lad. Yeah, okay. as, a, as a name. And mm-hmm. uh, I grew and, up
2: with a lot of Kevins.
3: Uh, me too. Every class I ever had in it had a, a Kevin in it. And I'm, you know, I'm in that age group of people who watch sitcoms, which is people in their 50s. And that's their audience. So they went with a show that's popular for their audience. Mm. Kevin. There you go. That's the reason. Kevin is a... <sighs> And an anglicized version of the Irish name, Cahayahom.
2: Yeah, I know.
3: Which was rarely given until the mid-20th century. Yes, 33% of TV shows feature a Kevin. That's why so many Kevins.
2: (laughs) I want somebody to play me back the tape of when you said it was fascinating. (laughs) But do you think that was on purpose? No, they they think our average
3: viewers in his 50s. What was the most popular name in 1965? That'd be people in their 50s. Yes. Pick the name? Okay. I think you're thinking too hard. I don't think I watch
2: shows. Be- oh, go to a show with someone named Kevin. I remember the name Kevin from my youth. This sounds good. Well, if you got a hipster uh, young people's show, you're not going to have Norbert uh, <laughs> dating Betty. Eugene. Right. I wonder if Eugene is going to... Eskadoras out.
3: Well, I see that Ruth has really got a thing for, uh, yeah.
5: So Hi, a you. third
3: of shows got a cat. <laughs> wow, I'll be damned. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.